another episode of Rude Cast Archery with your host, Rudy. All right, hope everyone's doing well today. Um, bringing you another podcast here. I'm going to be interviewing uh, Doug Rosin um, from another Northern California shooter. Um, I uh, want to thank everybody for supporting the show. I've been getting a lot of uh, people calling the shop and placing orders um, and supporting um, me at West Coast Archery. And I really uh, appreciate that. Um, we are a, a advertisement free podcast, but, um, you know, on this show, I'll certainly thank people who, um, have helped, uh, me, uh, do what I do. And of course that's a West coast archery shop. And, um, the best way that you can really support me is to, uh, you know, continue calling the shop and ordering arrows and, um, knocks or whatever your archery needs are. Um, I've had actually a few people from, uh, Southern California, um, and even as far as the state of Nevada make the drive to the West coast to check it out and actually pick up some bows in person, uh, which is, uh, really cool. I mean, like that's a, that's a big, that's a big deal, um, to, to make that kind of trek. Um, so greatly appreciated. Um, also want to thank McKenna Royal. Um, McKenna is um, a good friend of mine who helps uh, produce the uh, music that you hear in the intro when you first uh, uh, listen to the show and also the outro towards the end there. Um, he's really gifted at um, producing uh, videos and music. Um, and he's also an avid Second Amendment freedom loving man who does uh, USPA shooting. Um, and, um, he goes by pew pew Padawan on Instagram. Please go check him out. Um, he's also an archer, um, and, an, and a bow hunter. So, um, want to thank him for supporting the show. So, um, I'm about to get on the phone here and call, um, Doug Rosin here in a minute. Um, so I, uh, want to kind of tell everybody um really like um some of the 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 um the comments um that i've been getting in messages um i've been getting a lot of messages with just like great show good job um haven't been getting too many technical questions um don't be afraid to ask some technical questions um i certainly um not opposed to answering those questions i know a lot of people know that i teach um archery lessons um at the shop and you know, um, so, but that doesn't mean that, uh, you, I, I can't answer any of your questions. Um, don't feel that you have to, it'd be great if you scheduled an appointment and came down to the shop and I was able to teach you a lesson, but, um, don't feel like, um, you, that's the only way, um, for me to, to help you, um, is to, uh, you know, do that. Um, if you, if you got some questions or you're struggling with something, by all means, uh, go ahead and give me a, a, you know, give me, send me a message, uh, on Instagram, you know, Rudy, the archer, or, um, you can, uh, send it directly to the Rudecast Facebook page. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to call Doug Rosin here. So let's go ahead and, uh, listen to the phone ring in here. 
Howdy, Doug. Are you there? I am. How are you? I'm doing good. Um, we're live. We're recording here. Um, right, just good. recorded a little bit of an intro there. Uh, thank you for coming on the show, man. I really appreciate it. No, thanks for having me. Pleasure. What? Awesome. Yeah. I've been wanting to have you on for a while. Um, you know, I know you're a busy man, you know, now that you're retired. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty busy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, first and foremost, um, you know, congratulations on, um, the, that coos deer you shot there in November in Arizona. Yeah. I appreciate it. It was, a uh, 2021 was a rough year for hunting. Yeah. Uh, was it with the Arizona, was it just, uh, not enough water? Uh, actually it was the exact opposite. Arizona okay. was full, full of water, but the temperatures were much warmer in November when I was down there, probably by, you know, 15 degrees on average. And they just, uh, they lay low when there's, there, it's that warm and there's that much water. They don't travel as much. So it's just a little harder to find them. Yeah. And they're not a big animal either. So you, you can easily <laughs> miss them. Yes, you can. You can see them literally one minute and blink your eyes and they can, they can disappear and it might take you an hour to find the same animal again. Yeah. So, so Doug, um, you are, are quite the archer and I'm going to say like, uh, you, you kind of have, uh, you, you live the entire archery lifestyle. I, I would say you, you, uh, you eat, breathe and sleep hunting. Um, and you, you are a tournament archer as well. Um, do you, do you give yourself title? Do you say I'm a tournament archer or I'm more of a hunter? Like, what would you say, you know, you're, you consider yourself. I, I literally just think of it as archery. Uh, I started tournament archery because hunting season only lasts so long. So I started shooting tournaments to kind of pass the time till the next hunting season rolled around and just happened to surround myself with good people to help me get started on it. So when you first got into archery, you were strictly a bow hunter. Yeah, the second go around. I started when I was really young. I shot a little bit um, with my dad back when, like, Tommy Daly Jr. was a youth. We were both used together. We used to shoot against each other. Oh, in, really? Uh, in bowhunter division. Um, and then I just took a, a break when adulthood came around and got a job and just started hunting only. And uh, when when did you start uh you know, bow hunting again. Did you ever quit bow hunting or was it just you took a yeah, break I from kinda, the competitive I, side? I kind of gave up bow hunting and archery altogether with work and was mostly rifle hunting. Um, and then, you know, like every rifle hunter, you start figuring out that the best tags that are most available are to archers. So mm -hmm. you start trying to figure out a way to get those more premium tags with better odds. So archery became the way to do that so so far um like what's been your uh, favorite species to hunt uh black tail deer without a doubt yeah in, uh, in the wilderness up in northern california so so you you chase would you say you chase the uh you, you're more of on the b side right you hunt tree yeah. alps yep all all b zone stuff for 95 percent of my hunting in california so you like you're after the pure mule deer, you're like everything on this side of five. 
yeah, the pure sorry, black tails. Yeah. Black tails, yeah. sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're they're Colombian black tails up there. So, um, in all the years that you've been like hunting black tail up there, how much have you seen the landscape change? Um, you know, in in that area, because I know, I know that there's uh, times where it's like the wild west out there with uh, some of the illegal, not so le- uh, semi legal activities that go on in in the national forest up there. Yeah, the, there, there is quite a bit of, in the national forest that's more accessible, but I have primarily backpack hunt mm-hmm. and have gone pretty deep into Trinity Alps and the Olabolis and the Marble Mountains, and you don't see nearly that kind of activity, if any, because there's so much land that's more accessible for them to grow their illegal uh, marijuana, so I don't run into it that, that often. Late season, when I hunt around uh, in the Mendocino National Forest, you'll see more of it. Mm-hmm. Um, that yeah, it's pretty cool. So, um, a little bit more since we're more we're more of a target centric podcast, even though we love to talk about hunting. Yeah. Um, but um, you you got back into um, tournament archery. Like how about how how old were you when you got back into it? Uh, old. <laughs> I think I started back into the tournaments at around uh, 2004, 2005, which would have made me 36, 37, 38, somewhere in there. Okay. So and you it were... could have even been 2010-ish. I, I don't remember for sure, but I was I was getting up there in age where it wasn't like it used to be. Yeah, that's about the time that I started doing more like of the uh, competitions with the compound. It was right around the mm-hmm. same time, and but I remember like when when you first when when I first started, um, you were shooting uh, bow hunter, bow hunter freestyle. Yeah, bow hunter freestyle for a long time until I turned fifty, and that's when I kind of made the jump to freestyle. We well, kind of dabbled with it a little bit, like from time to time. Yeah. Like we'd see a show up with a scope and stabilizers, and be like, "All right, Doug's shooting freestyle," and then and then we'd see at the next one and be like, "That was it, huh, Doug?" yeah a lot of it was for the outlaw stuff because Mm -hmm. when i shot bowhunter freestyle i felt like i was i was giving up points for my partner on the long ones having Mm -hmm. to stack pins and stuff and um you don't want to do that to your partner when he's he's carrying you on the long ones and if he has a a bad a bad day you don't want to you don't want to give up too many points so for sure what um I mean, to this day, are, 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 do you still enjoy bow hunter more than, uh, than freestyle? Do you know, um, I just set up a new hunting bow and I went to a three pin slider this year mm-hmm. and I don't think I, I miss it much. Uh, it, it was certainly a, a transition to get used to. I thought it'd be really simple to just go, oh, I just going to hold one, one dot on the center. It'll be no problem. But there was some growing pains on switching from bow hunter freestyle to freestyle mm-hmm. and now going back to bow hunter freestyle for my hunting rig. Um, I'm glad it's a three pin slider cause you can just slide it to where you need it to and shoot, hold the pin right on it. Yeah. What, uh, which, uh, what, what did you get? What's your hunting bow this year? Uh, I'm shooting the new V three X, the 33 inch one. From the 33. Matthews. Um, mm-hmm. now are you using that dovetail or using a, what kind of side are you shooting? Uh, I'm shooting the um, Excel landslide, 
and I had to buy that offset bracket mm-hmm. so that I could shoot it inside the bridge system that uh, Matthews put on their bows this year. Yeah, the uh, when we've got our first delivery of those bows, the first thing we did is we tried every sight we had in the shop, and we right away ran into that problem where we weren't able to get the sight over. And like, yeah, I, and by sheer luck, we got a hold of True Ball, and we're like, "Do you have any of these offset brackets?" Or explain to them what's happening. They're like, "Yeah, we have some offset brackets," and we were like, 50 of them," because we're like, "We," because you know, once, once the word got out that that wasn't gonna line up, you know, every shop would be ordering them. So like, we got lucky and got our hands on a bunch of those. Yeah, it, it's imperative if you're gonna use that system um, that you have that. For, I think for most, I think Black Gold came out with one also. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're just, you can't move it far enough to the right for a right-handed shooter to mm-hmm. get your, your pins in line. Yeah. And then on the spot hog, it was kind of a non-issue because they have that L bracket that they had come out with yeah, you already. Can flip it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then it looks now like they have that new, a new, uh, like even more extreme bracket that you can go even further right or further left with. I don't yeah. know if you saw yeah, that. I haven't seen that one, but, you know, obviously other companies are going to end up doing stuff similar. The Picatinny rails the same way off the front of some of the bows. Mm-hmm. you got to get that sight far enough right for a right-handed shooter to uh, get your alignment. Now, how's that How's that feel to you when you shot that, like, with, with a dovetail in there? Did it, did, did it take getting some used to? Because I know, I know we get kind of used, like, I think at the level that you shoot, I, w- I mean, I imagine you – kind of get used to year after year the bows feeling a certain way and balancing a certain way was it did it did you notice any difference having you know a lot less hardware on the bow um weight wise i don't think i did but i did notice some things that jumped out at me you the landslide only has one um housing it's an inch and three quarter housing and that's bigger than what i was shooting because i was shooting a tommy hog with the small housing mm-hmm so I actually see the edge of one of my cables, and because I'm shooting it in the bridge system, I actually can see the edge of my riser in my peep. That was a little different. And I also noticed that because I'm shooting their new quiver, I actually had to kick my sidebar out further to the left because I had so much stuff stacked close to the bow where mm-hmm. before it's stacked further to the right because the dovetail's out there, the quiver's out there. So uh, this is the furthest I've ever shot a, a sidebar out to the left. So, did, uh, You know, but, the funny thing is I had to do exactly the same thing with my RX-7. I had to really kick that sidebar out because yeah, I it, f- it felt like you were just torquing that bow, right? Yeah, but, you know, a shotgun, I, I just started shooting it. I had to shoot it. Our Polar Bear League started up, which is just 14 3D targets, just like, you know, our safari stuff. Yeah. But I'm, I'm shooting that tomorrow and I shot it last week for the league because I didn't want to mess with my other bow cause it's set up for indoor and it shot really well. So I was very pleased with, uh, how it does. I just don't want to shoot 71 pounds all day. So I, right. you know, a couple, couple warm up arrows and that was it. That's cool. Yeah. I'm, you know, this year has been pretty exciting. Like, um, I think, uh, the bow companies have been, really coming up with some interesting, um, a lot, a lot of the upgrades to the bows have been like more accessory related, um, you know, and, and the draw force cycle curves of the bows have gotten so much easier to shoot, you know? 
So speed is like no longer, I'm like, thank God speed's no longer really uh, an issue, you know, where every year it was, let's make it faster and more aggressive. <laughs> yeah, at a certain point. I yeah, mean, to a certain They can only engineer so much yeah. speed into those bows if you're still going to shoot a decent weight of an arrow. Yeah. But um, so uh, we, I did a little bit of a brief introduction here. Um, you know, you know, Doug, you, you're, you're also quite an accomplished shooter. I mean, we know you're like, you do the kind of, um, hunting that, you know, I mean, you're, you're like some, like, you're the only guy that I know that does like Aaron Snyder level hunting, you know, with, with that back country, you know, backpacking the rest of us, you know, you know, stick to the fence lines and, and, uh, roads. Yeah, yeah. Aaron's a good friend of mine. I've hunted with Aaron in, in yeah. Colorado. We had a good time. Uh, actually, Tim Gillingham was with us. And But make no mistake, Aaron spends at least half the year in the woods out of a tent. Mm-hmm. Uh, he spends a lot, a lot of time um, testing out his gear that he, they're producing and um, guiding people and doing his own hunts. And, and they're in the process of moving their store now, so... He'll slow down a little bit through the winter, but come springtime, he'll be right back after it. Yeah, um, I know he hunts a lot at a ranch in Texas, um, and uh, you know my my boss actually hunts at the, the same ranch that he does, um, where he where he shoots a lot of a lot of his animals, and mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know when when people think ranches, they think like they automatically think like high fenced, you know, real easy conditions to shoot. Um, but, um, like Hans is telling me that this ranch where they hunt some, like something over, like, it's like bigger, more than like a hundred thousand acres. And it's like the, some of the most unforgiving terrain there is. Yeah. Texas is different when it comes to high fences because the, the land size is generally just like you're saying a hundred thousand acres where a California high fence pig ranch is 600 or a thousand acres. And. Yeah. It's easier to, to keep track of your animals. 100,000 acres, that's, you know, fence or not, you're doing some serious hunting to kill stuff there. Yeah. So, um, you know, since you're the, you know, you're quite that accomplished bow hunter. Um, now, in bow hunter, I know you've won Redding um, a couple times, right? Uh, bow hunter freestyle, I've won it once in second twice third twice uh but i did i did win it i think in uh either 2018 or 19 i won it yeah i remember you now uh what what was your score what was your high score there when you when you won uh, when i won it that year it was 15 21 that's a pretty stout score for for pins um yeah it's yeah, really I was told smart. it was this, the second highest ever shot with pins. Um, Matt Schmidt shot a 15-24, I believe, maybe six or seven years earlier, and I shot with them. Um, we were on the – well, almost all the Boner Freestyle guys were on the same target, but because of the money part of it. But it was pretty impressive to watch. And when you're shooting it, you don't think about – you know, where your arrows are going, you're just trying to make good shots. But when you're watching somebody shoot that well, it was pretty impressive to see Matt shoot the way he did. Yeah. Now, um, what you were, were you shooting a Hoyt or Matthews that, that year? I, I was shooting a Hoyt. Yeah. 
uh, HyperEdge at the time. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I still love Hoyts. There's no doubt about it. Uh, I went to the Matthews because I'm not a huge fan of the Spiral or the SVX cam. And the other cams they were making were, for me, they were a little soft in the wall, in the back wall. So I needed to go to something that had a little better wall for me. And the HyperEdge had the limb stop, so I mm. utilized that. And the new, the DCX cam is just a little little too soft for me. And I tried it. I just kept kind of overpulling it here and there. And, you know, I'd shoot them right off the top. And in freestyle, you can't afford to miss anymore, so... I tried to eliminate some of that. And, and then Matthews is a, a great bow also. I, mean, I have no complaints over either one of them. Yeah. They, they they both can outshoot me. You know, when I miss, it's not the bow's fault. It's generally something I've done. Right. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, do you uh, – have you had a chance to play around at all with um, the HBX cam? Uh, have you shot the um, – like the Venom or the Venom Pro or RX-5, yeah. RX-7 bows? Uh, I've shot the RX-7 at Wilderness, but with no nothing on it, no stabilizers, nothing. Mm -hmm. I have to say it was it was really dead dead quiet in the hand on the release. No stabilizers, nothing, and it felt like you didn't even shoot an arrow. It was super, super nice. Yeah, one thing, one thing that we haven't seen from Hoyt in a while is that, because you said you shot it with the Hyperforce, right? The Hyper Edge, I Hyper shot Edge, the, yeah. Uh, yeah. So and like, I shot the, um, I forget what cam was on that. The DCX, no. Yeah, was it the DCX 2.1? Is that, they had a 2.0 and yeah, they had it, to go to it was a 2.1? Yeah, it was the same cam that would have been on the, on their hunting bow. You know, it's interesting, yes. like, I, yes. I wonder, Car carbon. Mm -hmm. I wonder if like, you know, what a target bow, if, that, that's the one thing I say that I've been missing from the Hoyt lineup is that hybrid bow that they've always made, you know, target Correct. riser this, with yeah, the hunting this, this, cam. This is one of the first years that they didn't introduce that. I think the last one they did it on was the, I think the double XL had the yeah. hunting cam on it. And then after that, well, the pro force also had the same cam as the hyper edge and the carbon defiant. Yeah, but I think those were the last two, and then they the double XL would have putting, been the last one yeah. for sure. Yeah, they they went away from putting a the hunting cam on a target bow, which you know a lot of people liked. It's just obviously they crunch numbers and figure out what's good for business and where they're making their money. And if if it's not producing for them, well, I uh, think then, I think in this year, in the last two years with the pandemic and everything too, I think a lot of companies, uh, a few companies, you know, they. I think they focused on what they could produce, you know, Correct. you know, what yeah. the bread and butter I, I, was, but it'd be exciting you, in the future to see if they did something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right. It's, when, when the materials are hard to come by, they have to, you know, kind of pick their battles on what they want to produce and put out there. But I would be a huge fan if, if they made such a bow, you know, in the future with that type of cam system, like I would, I would probably sign up for one right away. Yeah, I'd definitely be interested in shooting it, that's for sure, because I, I did, I think the last time I shot a, well, I shot the Spiral Pros, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago for about two years on a Contender Elite, mm -hmm. and then that was the last time I shot Spirals. I just, you know, for a recreational guy, there, 
they're they're pretty demanding. You have to shoot all the time, and you got to be yeah 110% in that shot. And sometimes, you know, I chase butterflies out there. My mind wanders, and all of a sudden, I've shot a bad arrow. Yeah. Do you have like a favorite bow that you've shot? Do you have one that you're just like, man, uh, that was that was the bow. Well, it, the best holding bow I ever had was the uh, Carbon Defiant 34, which mm-hmm. had the same cam and the limb stop, and I think it held so well because it was at it was like at 72 pounds, and there was enough tension built into the system, um, holding like 16 that it just it held rock solid. I, I said I, if I shot that in a tournament, I felt like I'd do great, but I just don't want to shoot 72 pounds for yeah. 100 arrows a day. That's it's just too much on. Uh, yeah, that on was a sweet bow. Over. That I you know, um, I had one set up for hunting, and um, at the time I wasn't shooting real heavy weight. I think I was, I had it set. At, I had one set up at like 60 pounds, and um, um, you know, on a last minute uh, whim, you know, I decided to go st- shoot the state 900 with. Uh, with that bow and, and bow hunter freestyle and ended up winning the the bow hunter freestyle championship uh, on the 900 that year <laughs> with, yeah. with that bow with a 34. But yeah, that, that was, yeah. A, that was a sweet bow for sure. Yep. Really good bow. In fact, uh, Jim has it right now. Jim Padilla, he's shooting it right now. Mm-hmm. So I told him they, to hold on. To they that made thing. a lot of, a lot of really good, what some people consider short axle to axle bows and the 35, 36 alpha elite was another really, really good shooting bow for me. Um, the hyper edge was a really good shooting bow for me. And those were all 35 or 36 inch axle axles. And, uh, I always got along with them really well. Yeah. The, the, those, that, that axle to axle length and the honey, bow that was a, that was a good one. Although recently, mm-hmm. although recently for me and my draw length, um, shooting those longer, the ultra, you know, bows, if you will, um, they never really agreed with me. Um, I felt like it was a knuckle dragger in my draw link. So, um, the last two years I've shot the, you know, the alpha series, you know, the 30 inch model and, and, um, uh-huh. you know, and I've, you know, I've really liked the way they shot, you know? Um, yeah, so. I think they, with the way they have the cams, you know, the cams are much bigger now. So, but where the string comes off the bow itself, you know, sometimes you could have a 30-inch axle to axle, but the string comes off in the 34-inch range uh, because the cams are rolled over and the, there's such big cams. So they do become a little bit more stable in that sense. Yeah. So currently, um, right now, you're shooting the Matthews uh, TRX-38, correct? Yeah, yeah, the G2. The G2. How do you have that set up? Because that's what everyone always wants to know. Like, what do you Well, have? you know, I did what what someone of my capability does. I call people who are better than me, and I plagiarize their setup. So uh, Wendell and I spent a lot of time on the phone or texting, and so I have it set up where my arrow is knocked right in the dead center of the string measured off the axles. Mm-hmm. And then... You know, I run at 13 sixteenths off the riser, and I moved my rest up and down till I got clean flight, and it came out to be literally like a sixteenth above square. Um, I have dead exact dead timing on it. Um, so even so your, yours is knock low then. No, no, it, it's it, I have mine knocked about a it's about a sixteenth of an inch high. Oh, high, but got I it. have the, I have the knock 
when I, I set the knock point first right in the center of the string mm, okay. and then I just moved the rest and how it came out it's about about a sixteenth above square is where it sits okay and, so when you um, so you're talking about if you put a bow square on there and ran it through the middle of the burger buttonhole it's uh just the it, it's yeah, a, just slight, yeah. slightly above it. And yeah. if you and if you ran the if you're running if I, I imagine you're shooting uh, gold tip platinums, right? Or I'm sorry, yeah, I'm shooting pro- the Pierce the the Pierce platinum or the the Pierce is what I'm shooting this year. Um, I shot them at the end of last year too. I, I wasn't a big fan of them when they first came out. Mm-hmm. They seemed like there were some inconsistencies with them. Yeah, but you know we're several years and iterations into them, and they seem to have really become a much better arrow so i shot those at the end of last year and i'll be shooting them again this year and so you pretty much have the arrow running right down the middle of the burger like it ends up after doing all that your arrow pretty much is going about through the middle of the burger buttonhole right yep it is yeah it really it's really close to right in the middle with that arrow yeah yeah i like how i like how uh, a lot of the companies have you know moved that lower grip you know lower into the bow Mm -hmm. to be able to do that um and so, uh, yeah, no, that's awesome. And then, uh, as far as like, uh, like what else, what site and rest are you, uh, you shooting on that? Uh, I'm shooting the, um, Hamsky, uh, hybrid target still the older version of it. Uh, I haven't jumped onto the Trinity bandwagon yet cause my, my old one works fine and nothing's going to, nothing's new about it. Um, these stinger bars, um, an XL site. And I'm running the UltraView three scope in it. The UV three. Yeah, the UV three. Yeah. Yeah. So you kind of so it's interesting because that yeah I I got myself one of those too and I, I think uh, the reason I got mine is um, Darren and Bet Cravea you know got one on their bow and then and then I went shooting with them and I'm and I was looking at it and uh, and I feel bad because I was making fun of Jim because Jim had bought one. And I was like, I was like, you're shooting the same scope that a four, that fourteen year old uh, children shoot, Jim. <laughs> and then, and then, and he's like, thanks, man. And then Darren and Bet show up, and then I was like, mm, well, you guys got some new toys. And I, I paid attention to it, and I got a little serious, and I looked at it, and I was like, hey, this is actually pretty cool. And then, and then uh, I found out Randy was shooting one, and then they were telling me, well, yeah, Doug, Doug told us about it, and we saw it, so like. Like I think you were one of the first ones to get one out here, and then and then it just sort of trickled its way down through the ranks. Yeah, I, I think if I remember right, it was Oregon last year that um, we camped right next to Darren and Bet, which are two of the nicest people in archery, if you ask me. Um, and we were talking about them, and I showed them mine. And I was like, hey, it's you know for the money when you get the light system built in mm-hmm. and the the functionality of changing out cartridges. It really is a really good system. It is. Um, I think the, value, the thing, yeah, for sure. Like the, you said. Yep. The only thing I would ever change about it is the housing on it is matte black, and it's hard to. There's an inside ring in there, but it's pretty deep inside the housing, so it kind of shadows out sometimes. It's hard to see that ring to get your peep mm-hmm. aligned. So, um, I actually took white fingernail polish and i painted a ring around the edge of mine as clean as i can make it to where i can see that a little bit better but other than that it's it's been a really good scope the light lasts forever on it um 
I've had zero complaints. So yeah, I I'll, I think uh, yeah I got one and and you know what we we started carrying them in the shop and you know like every time we order them we seem to kind of you know sell through them right away. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. but value I think the you're right for the value. Um, you have a a light system where the battery lasts for you know has a pretty good life to it, and uh, you know you get all the sticker like. For someone who's brand new and, you know, they kind of thought of everything that you would possibly need, you know, yep. the stickers and everything and, you know, the, the dots and everything. So, yeah, uh, kudos to those to those uh, yeah. to those kids because they really are doing a phen- phenomenal job. And I, and I like how they've um, they they're doing they've taken like presentation seriously, where even companies now that have been in the game for decades and certainly have probably the financial wherewithals to, you know, invest in a little bit of, of, uh, packaging, like still mm-hmm. make, you know, are still look like they're printing stuff on notebook paper and putting a staple in the middle <laughs> of a bag, you know, it's like, uh, yep. you know, but, um, yeah, everything you buy from Ultraview comes in a very nice package and a protected package at that. It's like you're buying um, an Apple iPhone, you know? Yep. And that's exactly what it's similar to. It's, you know, their logo is encrusted on every box, every piece of equipment. Um, they, they just do a really good job. They're, whoever, I forget and the main kid's name, Hanley or Col- something Colby. like that. And Colby, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he, he's just a, you know, he's probably a business major at some college, but he's just a really sharp kid. Mm-hmm. And he's probably got advice from some really sharp business people. And he's, you know, he, he's found a career in a niche that's probably never going to go away. Yeah, I um I shot with him in Vegas uh, two years ago, and uh, he he was a he's a quite he's a brilliant young man. Uh, I actually listened to a podcast, um, or he he was on um, I don't know if you've ever followed um, or familiar, but there's a gentleman uh, Corbin's Archery. No, I, Have you I ever don't heard know. Of Archery? It, it, he's a he's got a, a retail he's got a bow shop in in uh, West Texas, and um, he's also friends with Aaron, and and the, and and uh, I've seen them posting videos together where they've hunted. And um, Corbin's one of those like bow shops, you know, that are like like uh, I'm gonna say are like like uh, where where they're doing a really good job. That's beyond what you know your your typical bow shop does you know um mm-hmm. and he's got a pretty good social media account and so um they the uh ultra view guys went to hit was one of the first shops that they went to is one of his shops to do that tour that where they filmed going in all the shops and um they did a, a podcast interview with corbin and um it was really cool like um like uh, you know his history and how he came about doing all that and um the, the kid is definitely for his age he's got the savvy and he's, and he's hired the right people to do the job. Like he's smart enough to know, you know, who he needs to put into a position to do the the job. So, um, cool. Yeah. Things are going to be good for him for a long time. Absolutely. Yes. You know, releases and all that stuff that they're coming out with is is great. Mm -hmm. Um, now, um, some, some, uh, some events coming up here. We got, yeah. Your shoot coming or the Todd Hopkins shoot? Yeah, uh, yeah, certainly not my shoot. It's a Todd Hopkins shoot that 
um, Mark Rubio and I and Randy Long are uh, facilitating this year because Todd Todd was a little unavailable for it. Yeah. Um, is it hot is going to make a little bit of, is Todd going to make a little bit of an appearance from what I understand? Yeah. I spoke to him a week ago on the phone and he was doing well in good spirits. And, um, I told him it would be very appreciative of most of the people coming there or have been there for years and years and that he, he he's going to do everything he can to be there. And my, my bet would be 95 to 98% chance he'll be there. Awesome. Yeah. Um, love Todd. He's a great guy. Um, he is one of the best. Yeah, I mean, uh, I can't think of, I can I can think of a bunch of terrible things to say to him, but not um, anything terrible to say about him. <laughs> Correct. Yep. Yeah, he's great to banter with. Yeah. Um, can take it and can give it out, but as far as a person goes, he's he's one of the better ones out there. So for sure. Um, We'll have a good turnout at the uh, shoot. We have a lot of good shooters coming, especially from your area, and uh, it'll it'll be a good time. Awesome. Um, so, for some of the listeners, what's the what's the format gonna What's it gonna look like? So, um, there's a lot of money. <laughs> so there's 20 shooters. It was 100 bucks to enter, and Mike Woltering, the owner of Wilderness, has donated all of his money back for the range use back to the prize pool so there's two thousand dollars worth of prizes awesome so we'll shoot two three hundred rounds in the morning and each one of those rounds will have a blind draw team event also Mm -hmm. and each one will be paid individually so the first 300 round we're going to pay seven places individually and four four team places and then the second 300 round will also have seven places paid and four team places played. And there'll be different teams on each 300 round. And then after lunch, we'll come back. Everybody will be seated based on their first 300 rounds. And we'll start shooting head-to-head matches um, all the way to the winner. And then again, we'll have seven places paid. We're going right off the NFAA guidelines of paying a third of the field and the percentage breakdown that they recommend. So awesome. We've, it's, it should be a good time. Yeah, I was uh, on Wendell's show. I was talking shit. I was like, "Man, I'm all." I was like, "They need to trim that up a little bit." Everyone can't get a can't get a participation <laughs> award here. Like, I'm yeah. like, if I'm not shooting good, I wanna. I don't want to get reward. I want to get my ass beat. <laughs> but 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 once you once you but you know the NFAA payout schedule is like the easiest way to just figure out to do it, stuff. It just made it easy on me. Exactly. You know, yeah. Two, Two thousand dollars in front of me, and I need to figure out how to break it up. And and we are we're trying to keep it as close to what Todd did in the past, mm-hmm. uh, because it is his shoot. I'm I'm just a facilitator, um, and I talked to Todd and ran the structure by him, and he said, "Yeah, that's you know what what he would recommend and what he wanted." And uh, I'm I'm not the person to change what he has done for. I mean, this has got to be 20 plus years he's been putting on this shoot. So I didn't, it, it's, it's not for me, it's for him. Absolutely. So I wanted to stick, stick with what he had done traditionally. And, and I, and I'm a, I'm a fan of paying a third of the field. I think people, there's more interest in, you know, even the outlaws are the same way they pay a third of the field. And, you know, even if it costs you a hundred bucks, if you win 25, you feel pretty good. It's like, hey, I, 
I shot well enough to get some return on my investment. And maybe it wasn't your whole investment back, but it makes you feel good. And that's what, you know, none of us are out here trying to make our mortgage payments shooting for, you know, a few hundred bucks on the weekend. So uh, it, it's all about kind of giving ourselves a little bit extra pressure for a little bit of money. And if we make some money, good for us. I, I, um, I just recorded a solo podcast uh, yesterday morning um, and I didn't have the opportunity to upload it yet because I had to do some editing here. But um, I actually um, did a little, uh, uh, I, I went, I did something really different and I actually um, talked about, um, you know, writing off your archery expenses as a, as a topic um, simply because um, it, it's been a topic of conversation around uh, people who go, yeah, you know, once you get your pro card, you, you get to start writing off your equipment on your taxes. And I'm like, I'm kind of a, I'm kind of, I'm kind of a financial <laughs> nerd and I'm sitting here going, yeah, it doesn't quite work that way. You gotta, yeah, it's, it's a it, more of it a, it doesn't quite work that way. <laughs> it doesn't quite work that way. So, so I, I don't know some people might enjoy it. Um, and some people might think it's boring, but like, yeah. you know, I, I've, um, it was one, you know, two of my like favorite things is archery and, and, uh, um, you know, investments in, uh, tax strategies. So like, you know, yeah. I, I, I went out there, so that's going to probably go live tomorrow morning. And then, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how that goes, but yeah, I mean, you could, I mean, if you went and got a business license and you had some side hustle, you were a coach or you did, you yeah. know, you tuned bows in your garage. You could write some stuff off, but well, know, for me, it definitely makes you, sense to do it because yeah. I, I also coach a lot, you know, and yeah, you know, a third of my income comes from coaching, so um, yeah, <laughs> mine wouldn't. So you know, yeah. I would be taking a loss every year if I was yeah. writing off equipment, and well, the IRS and Lena let me do that for a couple of years before they come knocking. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh. It's basically in a five-year period, you can only have losses for two years before they say uh, you can no longer yeah. be claiming, you know, <laughs> losses, you know, so. Yeah. But, um, yeah. so speaking of outlaws, because, like, you know, mm -hmm. uh, winning money and, and uh, you know, not that it's about money because, no, let, let's be honest, most of us are not doing archery for a living. In fact, probably none of us are, well, I guess I do because I work in a shop, you know, but, yeah. um, you know, Mo like not, like nobody in California with the exception of Paige that I can think of is actually shooting full time as a professional archer and, and doing this as a living. But the, what's cool about the outlaws is that you do get a little bit of a, you know, you get, you get a chance to win, you know, a couple hundred bucks, you know, if you shoot well yeah. on the weekend with your partner. Um, yeah. but I'm a bigger fan of the belt buckles. I think <laughs> that, that those you know those belt buckles the king of the outlaw belt buckles are like the best yeah they're they're very nice i i don't know all the details if those are going to be here this year but there will be a king of the outlaw this year so uh i, I mean, don't know what the the final draft will look like if they're doing belt buckles or cash only or a combination of the two but if it comes down a, to budget like i will like you guys call me like i will figure out a way to raise some money <laughs> to get some belt buckles all right because yeah. like i think i think the belt buckle is probably one of the coolest parts of that 
You know, like even like when you go to Vegas and you see those Hoyt 900 belt buckles, like every time I walk by that, I'm going, I, that's going to be mine one of these yeah. days. Yeah. Well, you it's know. out of my reach. <laughs> I'm never going to shoot a 900. Well, don't say that, Doug. I mean, you're well, retired now. I mean, you got they, all this time to, you know, work on your metal game. If they give me 90, 92 arrows, 92 arrows, I could get a 900. <laughs> yeah, I don't 91, know, 91, maybe. I think you're selling yourself short. I think you could do it. Um. I know Wendell right now probably has the best chances of doing it, um, and possibly mm-hmm. Blake right now. Uh, Wendell's shooting really, really well right now. Yeah, he's he's definitely um, he's shooting like he like he really wants it. So, um, so for Outlaws this year, um, I know you're helping out with them a little bit. Um, um, I did. I called Rubio yesterday because I wanted to kind of get mm-hmm. a couple feelers on on like, you know how how things might go, um, and he told me that you were also. Um, gonna be participating and help running it, and I thought, oh, that's perfect because I've been wanting to talk to Doug on the show, mm-hmm. and um, you know, so like, uh, what what do we have uh, so far? Like, what 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 can we look forward to? So the there there will be four shoots. There's three of them. It looks like that are you know set in stone. Um, the fourth one is pretty set, but we haven't made notifications where they need to be made yet. Um, mm-hmm. But the first one will be at the Straight Arrow Bow Hunters Spring Warm Up, uh, March 13th ish, I think, uh, 12th and 13th maybe. So if, if people remember that that was a 28 target, three arrow shoot last year, and to accommodate the outlaw guys, they set up uh, 12 targets on Saturday. So we'll shoot 12 targets on Saturday, three arrow. 28 targets on Sunday, three arrow to get our basically our equivalent to a 60 target, two arrow shoot. How, how many? Um, so we'll shoot 12, three arrow on Saturday and 28, three arrow on uh, Sunday, which will give us 120 arrows, which is our typical 60 target, two arrow event. Okay. And that's how it was ran last year. Uh, last year, they started the Saturday shoot. I want to say around 11 to accommodate people coming up from out of town, not having to get a hotel room the night before, which was really a really appreciated by most of us. Mm-hmm. And I think they're going to be trying to do that again this year. Okay. Uh, following that, uh, the next one will be the Lodi Bowman cartoon classic is going to host us. So it'll be the, I don't know, March 26th, 27th, two weeks after the uh, spring warm Uh For those who haven't shot that, you know, we shoot 42 targets on Saturday, uh, two arrows. They're, they're basic shoot that we shoot on Saturday. And then on Sunday, they stick us back onto their their unmarked range, and they range out some targets, and it's set up really nice in the back for us. Uh, and we'll shoot um, the remaining the 18, uh, targets. 18 targets that day, yeah. And what day, uh, what day did you say the... Uh... I think... The Lodi Bowman one is the 26th, 27th, or 27th, 28th of March, something along those lines. I, I'll look on my calendar real quick for you. but That's fine. We can, so we can look 20, up. It's 20, on the... 26th, 27th is where uh, Lodi Bowman's going to fall. Awesome. And then um, you'll also have the Nevada City Shoot that we almost always are at. We'll be hosting us again this year. Um, the June uh, shoot that, the June shoot yep um, 
that I believe it's, I, I don't know a hundred percent, but I believe that's also going to go back to the old style where we shoot 42 the first day uh, on the main range, just their regular shoot. And then the second day we go up to their, their field targets that they don't utilize and shoot 18 targets up there. Um, it, I think it's going to go back to the, um, the pre COVID uh, shoot. Uh, and that's not set in stone either. That's tentative, but that's the concept right now. Mm-hmm. And that's and always the first weekend of uh, June, right? Uh, yeah, it's June 4th and 5th this year. Awesome. I was just, I was just writing this down too. So yeah. So those and, will be the, there is a, the three. There is a there is a fourth shoot. Venues um, out there and stuff. There's just some details that are being finalized and stuff that they just aren't going to uh, announce yet. I would imagine in a couple of weeks, they'll have their whole schedule out. Um, you know, the outlaw archers is really the uh, Randy Tucker's um, idea. And he's still the main guy. Although, you know, his wife, Heather is probably the, the she does all the, the heavy lifting. <laughs> she does all the heavy lifting. <laughs> God bless her. She is a, uh, one hard worker and a good shooter on top of that. So um, there's still, you know, nothing's changing with the outlaw archers. It's still Randy and Heather and Tommy Daly and Ben Hobbs are the main people. Uh, They just, it's a lot of work and a lot of work that people don't realize for just the four of them to handle. Um, So um, it's a lot of, like I've organized uh, my fair share of events and um, you know, if you enjoy shooting your bow at these events, it's certainly of um, hard to be on your best game when you're also correct managing Absolutely. an event. It is very hard because in the back mm-hmm. of your mind, there's there's always the yeah. the one or two people that just really know how to overcomplicate what should mm-hmm. be simple things that us most of us have done for year after year after year. Yep. Yeah. And they've done, they've done really well. It's just, it becomes a lot of work. And yeah, um, this was the first year they've, uh, they, they've reached out and asked for help. So Randy Long and Mark Ruby and myself will also be just helping where we can and trying to logistically help them when they're, you know, going to be at the shoot, you know, the day of versus mm-hmm. the day before and to help any way we can to take some of the load off of them from, having to do it all you know they're still i think this year they want to get back to having the raffle and the bow giveaways and there's a lot of work that goes in behind the scenes to get all that stuff prepped and ready for um each each shoot and and this year you know there's our there's two in march which is just two months away so Mm -hmm. um there's a lot going on so we're just you know helpers we're we're grunts. If they ask us to do something, we'll take it on and try and get it done for them. That's awesome. Um, but uh, but but the the belt buckle thing—that's something tentative, uh, you know, and how that. You know that. I, I'm not. I'm not part of those discussions about you know what prizes are given away. Historically, I think every year they've done a King of the Outlaw, they've given away buckles. Um, yeah. This year they are going to do a King of the Outlaw. It'll be the same format. You're going to have to shoot three of the four. You can shoot all four, but you're only going to get your top three point places uh, for the King of the Outlaw um, team event. So um, 
that's just the way it's always been. Uh, it allows people that can't make all four events still uh, be able to participate in the King of the Outlaw. Yeah. No, that, um, that's exciting. I, I, um, I'm looking forward to it. I think the last two years of, uh, I think some of us have had kind of enough of everything and just, we want to, just want to shoot our bows. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. And, and yeah. we do, you know, last year we made as the best we could with it. Um, yeah. Because of there was not going to be a King of the Outlaw, you know, you could move partners around and do all this fancy stuff. This year, it looks like we'll go back to the initial rules that you can have a substitute, but you can't just be a um, a partner jumper. You can't jump from one team to a next team to a next team just yeah. trying to accumulate points. Um, but it'll, it'll be, you know, I think what they're hoping for is that it goes back to being just like it was pre-COVID. Yeah, that, that's awesome. That like, I hope so. Um I um like the la- the last couple of years at least if you were working in the shop, um I think archery's like had the most amount of growth it's ever had, you know and uh, yeah I I pretty much had no life I I couldn't even I I made very little events even even of the ones that were available so um, I'm looking forward to this year um, you know possibly um, you know getting out to more of them so. Um, so now, so uh, what is it? What does uh, the rest of the year look like for you? Uh, do you have any uh, like major goals, uh, events that you really like? Kind of have your heart set on and on trying <laughs> to win, or no? You know, I don't. I'm not at that level where I go. I want to do X, Y, and Z. Uh, Randy Long and I are teaming up in every event we can, other than Reading. Uh, so we're going to shoot for the old guy's rule quotient, and hopefully we we do okay. Um, oh, man, you and Randy are shooting together? Yeah, we're shooting all the outlaws together, the break the barriers together. Um, that's going to be uh, that's gonna be a tough one. Well, we'll see. Um, I mean, uh, or, I mean done, you guys are going to be a uh, force to be reckoned with. Well, Randy is uh, he's such a good shooter. We shot today uh, – indoors and he's just a really really good solid shooter and uh, he never really gets out of sorts either you know he's always got an an even keel to his demeanor and that helps um, stay focused and you know I I just hope I don't bring him down that's my goal I just want to shoot, shoot pretty good so that he doesn't go, man. I should have picked somebody else. So. I don't think uh, I don't think Randy has it in him. Never say that about anybody. Well, well, well I'll take no, that back. There won't. was one person I remember who he was like, <laughs> never again. But uh, yeah, you know, as long as no. I think you're doing the best that you possibly can, and your yeah. attitude is is yeah. uh, there, like Randy, Randy's a solid guy. Yeah, yeah, we'll be competitive. I'm not. I'm not worried that we're going to come in. No, I'm going to be like Wendell right um, now and be like, I'm shaking in my boots. Oh, my God. I'm losing <laughs> sleep over this. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he should be. Wendell should be. I, I might Tanya Hardingham out of shoot just to teach him a lesson. <laughs> I'd pay money for that. Oh, wait. We can't say that. This no. is this has uh, been broadcast yeah. over the World Wide Web. No. W- w- Wendell is, uh, you know, Wendell, if people don't know him, they don't you don't really get to know his personality and that guy I've never seen him sad or mad or anything, but uplifting. Uh, 
and that it's it's just good to be around a guy like that. He, you know, you can shoot on the same target with him, and he could be he could drop an arrow, and that he's still joking and smoking and just having a great time. And those are always the yeah. I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head there. The smoking. I mean, that's that's the key right there. <laughs> yeah. you know? Well, that's probably why he's so even keeled there. <laughs> No, he, dude, Wendell, Wendell's one of my favorite people. Uh, you know, we, we talk a lot and, and shoot a lot together and, um, like him and Jim, um, you know, or, and, uh, Darren and better, like probably like the close, like the closest people around here, you know, live around me that are, are in that inner circle that are always, uh, always like an amazing, uh, support group. Um, yeah, yeah. and, um, yeah, I mean, definitely Wendell. You know, Wendell's doing a great job too with his podcast. You know, um, mm-hmm. yeah. I wish he wasn't wasn't on the Spotify thing because I can't listen to it. Every time I click on it, it tells me to download stuff, and I I'm oh. not savvy enough to figure it all, all out. You, gotta, so. you know what? All you got to do is go to iTunes and and just search for it there. Do you? Do oh you, well, okay. yeah, it, I have it, iTunes. It's actually <laughs> on. Where do you listen to your podcast mostly? Um, most of the time, I just click on them and they start playing. I okay. don't know where it takes me to, uh, but his <laughs> takes me to some yeah some place to tell me that I need some special app. Thing well, and- Spotify the way it works is like uh, um, anchors like what we're both using to post our our um, our um, podcasts on, and so it's owned by Spotify. So if you use their their program to then um, you know um, like there's like a feature where you can just. Uh, when you launch a new episode, you can, you can post it straight to Facebook for you. And so it's going to give you a link to go to their website, but, um, but it also publishes a, on, uh, depending on how many people listen. So like, um, um, both mine and Wendell shows got, has actually grown quite a bit. Like we have quite a, um, our following is growing pretty big. So it'll, it'll distribute it to pretty much every company that actually hosts podcasts on their on their server. So whether mm-hmm. you listen and there's some of them that I've never even heard of, you know, like, you know, so if you have uh, Apple, um, iTunes, you just, just go on Apple iTunes and search for archery unfiltered and it'll just pop right up oh, and you subscribe and you'll get all the, all the podcasts. And then you don't have to worry about, uh, clicking, clicking it through, um, on Facebook. Excellent. Um, yep. All right, man. So um, we've just about almost hit an hour there, and um, I know you're a busy man, and you know you probably have some whiskey to drink, and yeah, well, you know, probably some, that's not going to happen either. But some, uh, you know, some some stories to reminisce there. But uh, um, is there anything that you'd like to share with anyone? Do you have um, anything you'd like to say publicly that you've always wanted to say? Um, and, uh, you know, yeah, probably a lot of things, but I probably just get in more trouble saying them. So <laughs> I'll just. Uh, well, you're more than welcome my, to say it on this one. Bite my tongue, and we'll have uh, we'll see most of you guys here in about eight days uh, to shoot our shoot, and and then the outdoor season will start, you know, a couple weeks after that, I guess, and we'll see how things go. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much, Doug. I really appreciate it. It was a great All talking right, to you, man. Yep. Same. Same with you. We'll see you in uh, next weekend, and you uh, have a, a great week. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. All right. Take care, man. will conclude this evening's entertainment.